0: You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Hey, you know that card that Mark talked about, uh, this is kind of all through uh, Holy Week or this week, we're going to be doing something different with these cards. And they're kind of our guest registry or really our to see who's here. So I'd like it if everybody could put their at least their first name. If you don't want to put last name, that's fine. But at least put your first name and <clears throat> this lets us know that you're here. What we really want also is a prayer request on back. <clears throat> so be thinking about that as we're going through the message this morning. And then there's going to be an opportunity for you to maybe even, hey, I would like to talk to somebody about some things that were said and you can check a box and then give us some contact information. And I'll tell you more about that later. But hang on to this to the very end. You'll just leave it at your seat and then the ushers will pick it up later as we go through this morning. But so excited to be here. Take your Bibles, if you will, and open up to Matthew chapter 21. <clears throat> the famous triumphal entry uh, into Jerusalem that Jesus took. If you don't have a Bible, our great ushers or have a stack of Bibles in their hands. They're walking down the aisle. If you want to borrow one, just wave at them. They'd be more than happy to uh, let you borrow that. It's a loaner, so just uh, leave it at your seat when you're done. And, uh, and then somebody else will pick it up and take care of that for you. If you don't have a Bible, and you don't own a Bible, and you'd like one... At the end of the service, just go to the lobby area, that desk there. Just say, hey, I'd like a Bible. they would be happy to give you one. All we ask is that you read it. And as mentioned last week, Steve shared that, uh, you know, don't sell it on eBay. Uh, If you really need money that bad, then come see us. We'll help you with that. But inside your worship folder, there's an outline in there. You want to take that out. There's some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen. But also, uh, we also have a whole sheet of the answers on this uh, uh, study page that we put out every week. Uh, it's in in the back in the lobby area if you go out of these doors to the left there's a desk called a life group a community life group desk these are there a lot of our life groups use these to study and you're using that but on the back side or the front side, depending upon what you consider the front or the back, is the answers to all the the fill-in-the-blanks, plus all the extra verses that I give. And I give a a lot of extra verses because I really want you to study these things afterwards. And so you can do that, and and, uh, we're excited that you're here and and involved in that, but do take those and study them later as we go through that. But welcome to Holy Week. Uh, This is a a Super Bowl week for us in the church. It's a great time. It's a week of remembrance and and a kind of a... um, a spiritual pilgrimage, uh, fully soaking in the events that lead up to Jesus' death, his burial. And of course, on Easter Sunday, his resurrection. That is the, 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 the climax of the, of the whole holy season and really the whole year. is excited about Jesus' resurrection. And, and, and the week has with it uh, uh, some mixed emotions, uh, both then and, and now. Uh, with the potential of tremendous spiritual and, and personal significance. It's a week revealing great truths and teachings that not only help us survive in life, you know, with all the ups and downs and that of life, but also helps us to thrive, to excel in life. For the truth is, we were made to thrive. The Bible is clear. Here's some verses up on the screen. You can write them down, but they're also, if you pick up the page, they're on the page. But Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full or abundantly. See that, that we were designed to have an abundant life going Jesus' direction. In First Timothy 6, verses 17 through 19, it says that we were not just given any life, life but a real life, a life, a true life that's found in God's way. John 8:32 <clears throat> talks about how we've been set free by Jesus, freely uh, accepting Jesus' road of redemption. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that when you come to that faith in Jesus, behold, a a new creature has come. We are new, brand new, renewed, revived uh, to a life that thrives as it was designed to as we follow Jesus. Yet this way of life doesn't happen through conventional means. It doesn't happen through striving after the American dream. You know, that ideal of having a great education and a trophy spouse, an amazing job, a, a nice house, a thrilling vacations, lots of recreation, uh, achieving kids. Uh, No, our way tends not to be God's way, as Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 9 say. God's way tends to be an unconventional way. Kind of like getting those alternate routes uh, of driving. You know, and here in Southern California, we have a small little thing called traffic. Especially if you drive, anybody drive the 405? Yeah, you know what that feels like, <laughs> and you're on the radio, and you say, "There's an alternate route," and you go, "Really? Is it really alternate?" Because I, I've followed some of those routes, and you go, it "Seems like way out of the way," but you end up getting there faster. I remember one time that uh, um, Christy and I and the kids were, were heading to uh, Los Angeles for uh, it was Christmas time. We we're going to go to, to see uh, um, the Grinch in, in the you know musical thing, and <clears throat> we were running a little late, and so I called up. Rich, Rich figure, Pastor Rich. Uh, he's, he was salesman, so he knows all the roads and he knows, and knows all the angles. And so I, I call it Rich Quest. Instead of Map Quest, it's Rich Quest. <clears throat> so he's at home, he's on his computer. He says, Mike, take off this off-ramp. I go, are you kidding me? That's the total opposite direction. You no, know, no, trust me. So I went off on this off-ramp. I got on this thing and we went down back alleys. I turned there and he goes, it should be on your right. And there it was. And we made it just in time before they closed the doors. It was amazing, but I love those alternate routes. It's, it's a bit of an adventure. You know, an unconventional adventure. Uh, <clears throat> for It's kind of fun to be unconventional a little bit. It's like this, uh, this viral video of this little girl uh, in this tap dancing thing. Some of you may have seen it, that chooses her own alternate unconventional expression. Check this out. She is going to be a future leader. Uh, God's path is an unconventional path, just like that. It's choosing to dance to a a different tune than the world. It's unique, a bit eccentric, but it yields great joy, just like the joy that you felt as you watched this little girl just express herself. I just want to know what music she was listening to. (laughs) Because she had definitely something going on in her head that was just beautiful. But as we have been studying Jesus these past few months, uh, looking at the series uh, in The Dust of the Rabbi, as we follow closely to Jesus, where, in a sense, his dust, his wisdom settled on us, we learn a lot about Jesus. Uh, but Jesus' way seems a bit strange to the world. Uh, it's not the norm. And his disciples were struggling to understand Jesus' way. I could imagine his followers <clears throat> saying, hey, this guy could do anything. He could do powerful miracles. He can... He can ra- uh, raise the uh, the dead. He can give sight to the blind, heal the lame. He can stop the oceans. He can do all kinds of things. This guy, Jesus, th- these disciples are thinking, can do anything. He can even overthrow the government, and we could be the leaders. We could be the ones in power, rich and living a good life. And despite Jesus explaining all he would do and what would happen on, in this holy week of history—that he would suffer, that he would die, that he would be resurrected—they just did not get it. <clears throat> They did not get what law meant until later, until after Sunday, after the resurrection, after Jesus' teachings soaked in. And one of his teachings happened on this very day in history, on this Palm Sunday, this triumphal entry into, into Jerusalem, a huge object lesson of three unconventional paths to thrive as followers of Christ. And so I'd like us to look in on this scene And discover what we might learn from this. And so if you wouldn't mind, our tradition here is a stand up, let's pray, and just set your books to the side for a moment. Get the blood moving so you're ready and alert. But God has you here for a reason. I don't think it's because just you chose to be here. But God, this day, on this time, has something for you today through his word. And I'm going to ask him to teach us. And so if you wouldn't mind praying with me. Father, thank you just for the, the joy that it is this day, the, the, the fun that we can have together and sing songs of praises and see our kids waving palms and to see this little girl just express this joy. And, and Lord, you have something for us this morning. And so, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us uh, something new, that you'd challenge us. We'd walk out of here gaining something from your word this morning that you have given to us. So, Lord, we're listening and help us to learn, we pray in your Son's name. Amen. Have a seat and make sure you take out your notes. Jot down the answers as you see them come up and also some of these extra verses, but please do pick up that study page. But three unconventional paths to thrive as followers of Jesus. The first unconventional path is that we thrive through godly humility. Not uh, uh, pushing or fighting to be first, or noticing, or or to be noticed, uh, as we uh, make sure our posts on our social media is flattering and images there, and and we're talking about our accomplishments or or talking about our ki- amazing kids. No, we thrive as we choose humility like Jesus. So, so, if you haven't already done so, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter twenty-one. In this wonderful passage of the triumphal entry of Jesus entering Jerusalem, verses one to seven. It says this. Now they drew near to Jerusalem, they as Jesus and his group, the disciples, they were gathering there with him. As they came to Betphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and, and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say to them, The Lord needs them and they will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what the prophets had spoken by saying, and he quotes, Say to the daughters of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, a, a colt, a foal, the beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Jesus had already come to talk about what it means to be humble when he talked about being a servant back in Matthew chapter twenty. <clears throat> though it was standard practice for nobility to be honored and and those who are of great honor to be honored by riding on a high horse, a symbol of importance, yet Jesus chose not to even ride on a small horse. Or even a donkey, but a young colt that Mark tells us had never been ridden. And what's interesting in this is this: that here the Prince of Peace, in all of his humility, wants to bring peace to animals with compassion as he brings this young colt and brings its mother with him so that <clears throat> this colt is, has some peace as they move along. Jesus is like that. He's not this high, important leader that has to always have his way and and that he's this compassionate, kindly king who cares about everything that we go through, the struggles that we face, the stress that you're under even right now. Jesus cares. He's a compassionate king and he is the Prince of Peace. And Matthew explains this act, this riding on this cold is directly a, a confirmation that Jesus is the rightful king Messiah, as Zechariah 9, verse 9 explains, not a high horse kind of king, but a humble king. Remember a few weeks ago, we we were taught that we are not to live a power-hungry life of pride. Matthew 20, verse 26 and 28 says, It shall be not so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave an unconventional path. And even Jesus, an unconventional leader, says the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We are to choose, like, like Jesus, to take on a posture of humility. Not proud, <clears throat> but humble. For so the Bible is clear about pride and humility. Proverbs eleven two: When pride comes, that self-focus, that self-centeredness, then comes disgrace. But with humility, that recognition that we need to be under another, that recognition that we won't push ourselves forth, there's wisdom in that. Proverbs 18, 12, Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, a man's heart is prideful, thinking their way is right all the time. But humility, that sense that I don't earn or deserve anything, comes honor. Psalm 37, verse 11. But the meek, that's, the word literally means power under control. In other words, you know that you recognize that you may have some talent, but yet you, you, you hold back a little bit and, and don't push yourself forward always. <clears throat> but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Proverbs 22, verse, 40, verse 4. The reward of humility is, That feeling of, I don't really deserve, but I'm just going to wait and be patient. And the fear of the Lord, that reverence for God is riches and honor in life. God's godly humility is to first take that humble stance. And for us, it's it's that sense that we have a need and we cannot thrive on our own. Sure, we can renew ourselves. We can lose weight. We can... Uh, get healthy, we can dress nice, even be more pleasant in our actions. But try as we might, that sense of thriving, that act of gaining that abundant life, that freedom that we can want to experience, an amazing life we desire, and even the incredible life God has for us cannot be achieved. It can't be earned. Because we have a problem. We have something that holds us back. It holds us back from, from receiving that. And the Bible's really clear about that. <clears throat> it says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all had, as part of our DNA, born with it, even these sweet little kids are sweet little bundles of sin. <clears throat> and some can say, you're right. I knew it. <clears throat> but we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and each one of us uh, are held back, uh, almost dead inside. We need revival. We need some transformation in our own soul because in this sinful, dead state, we can't experience all that God has for us. We can't experience the life He has for us. We can't experience that relationship with God and we won't be led into heaven unless we deal with this. But we can't do it on our own. There's absolutely nothing we can do on our own. We can't earn it and we don't deserve it. We're not entitled to it because we're sinful. That's why we need a Savior. And that's why Jesus came. He came to to take the sin upon himself. And we'll learn this week on Friday. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Do come on Friday. I'm excited about what I'm going to share with you on Friday. It's going to be kind of a rendition of that. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming, but it'll be expanded. So I'm very excited about that. But a great time, a meaningful time. But on Friday, the sin of the world was dumped on Jesus. And he willfully paid the debt for our sin, paid it for us. And, and how we can cash in on that or, or, or become alive again is through believing in Jesus. And belief is not simply just a brain knowledge of it. It's a, it, it takes some action. Belief takes action that we're sinful and a confession of that, that, that Jesus is the Savior and, a, and, a, and a, an acceptance of that and then a, a decision to live life God's way. We don't earn this salvation It just simply is a belief. Once we believe it and are inside the kingdom, now we live life as God would design. But see, Jesus came. He's the Savior who revives if we believe. And my encouragement to you is that make sure you believe. Because I know in a crowd even this size that there are some who think they believe, but they only have a brain knowledge of Jesus. It's not really an acceptance of it, uh, and, and, and a trust in him for living life his way. But I want to encourage you to believe. And if you're wondering, that's why we've created these, these packets. Inside there, there's a letter from me that's written about how you can know you can truly thrive as a follower of Christ. And, and, and there'll be some ushers in a lobby area. There's a few up front here. But if you're thinking, well, I'm not sure, and I want to make sure, or I want to n- discover Jesus more, pick up one of these packets. Take the information and read it and respond don't take it for somebody else. It's only if you are thinking about that. But, but make sure. <clears throat> but see, on this day, this, this Palm Sunday day, there is confusion. We even have confusion. <clears throat> see, they thought that the, the path to thriving was an o- to overthrow the government and them in power. And Jesus came to conquer an even greater enemy. He came to conquer sin. That sin would no longer have any uh, say in us. I love what uh, Micah 7, 19 says about what Jesus and how he deals with our sin. It's up on the screen. Let me read it to you. It says, He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities under feet. You will cast all our sins to the depths of the sea. The word tread that's highlighted there is the Hebrew word kibosh. Some of you heard that. Ah, it, we just got to kibosh it. <laughs> the word literally means to stamp out. Like if there's a fire, you, you stamp it out so it doesn't cause any other damage. Or if you're in the, in the tall grass and you're stamping out a path, that's to kabosh. Jesus kaboshed sin when he died. Let the kibosh Jesus put on sin be true in us by humble belief in Jesus. That's godly humility. Godly humility is also continuing to ride along in life, continuing to foster humility like Jesus as he rode along in humility. Just a couple of verses to give us some practical ways of a humble living. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, to live a humble life, is to be gentle, not always uh, barbose or bombastic or, or, or always out there with yourself, but <clears throat> being gentle and also patient, patient with other people, patient with our family, patient with our boss and our co-workers, and then bearing, helping other people uh, uh, notice their needs and coming alongside them in love and helping them through life and, and seeking for Unity. Instead of always having to be the one who says what's going along, strive for unity and peace. Romans 12, 16 puts it this way. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. That's that sense of me-centeredness, entitlementness. But associate with the lowly, those who are humble. And never be conceited, never be self-centered. If Jesus, the rightful king of kings, or I love what S.M. Lockridge says, the seven-way king, He's the king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's the king of Israel. That's a national king. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. And if Jesus, the king, can humble himself, then so must I. That's how we thrive. Jesus demonstrates this on this day in history. The question is, will you? Will you choose humility? Another uh, unconventional path to thrive is to thrive through hope in Jesus. Not hope in self or some other means or the, the hope of money or the hope of friends or the hope of a good job, a, a better grade, a, a better house, a better spouse, a, a, a better you, better health, more time, more friends. No. It's hope in the Lord Jesus. And even though many in the crowd were confused, they did express hope in Jesus. Let's look at this. Verse 8 of our passage in Matthew 21. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks in the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds went before him and followed him, shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest. The cloaks spread were a sign of honor, hope, and sacrifice. Sacrifice because most people only had one cloak. And they laid it down so the donkeys could ride over Who knows what would happen to that cloak? <laughs> yeah, some of you know. Because donkeys go wherever they go. Does that ever wash out? But it was a sacrifice because they wanted to honor the king and an emotional expression of of hope in Jesus. They cut off palm branches, which was a a symbol of victory and hope that this Jesus is going to bring it. And again, an emotional expression of hope in Jesus. Though a, a bit misguided as they hoped for immediate relief from their circumstances, it still was hope in Jesus. Where Jesus can heal. He can help. He can bring peace. He can work even in the most difficult situations you are in. Even the one you're in right now, which is so confusing, you don't even know how it's going to work out. But Jesus can help. But like these people, it may not be immediate. The circumstances may not change. But you can thrive Trusting in Jesus. Trusting in Him. Putting our hope in Him. And it's good to express our hope in Jesus as we give emotional expressions of hope, whether it's in song or in service and in giving and in prayer and showing up in church, all the while trusting in His timing. These people also express hopeful words, Hosanna, which, which Nathan already says means Jesus saved, but it also says means Jesus saved me now. <laughs> Son of David, which means Messiah. Yes, they wanted instant help, but they still expressed Jesus as their king, the one who could save them. It's good to, to verbally express our hope in Jesus, whether it is singing those songs, or whether it is uh, prayer, Or giving our testimony to others. Hope in Jesus. But there is hope. But where hope is truly expressed and experienced is in following Jesus' unconventional way of life. Not the way of the the religious leaders of the day that says you have to follow this rule and this rule and this rule and this rule and this rule. By the way, you never can do it. Only we can. (laughs) No, it's... It's by the simple, unconventional way Jesus expressed. Two passages, Matthew 22 and John chapter 13. Jesus, in Matthew 22, a lawyer comes to him, and we've talked about this many times, and says, what is the most important thing we can do in God's kingdom? And Jesus was very clear in in Matthew 22, verse 37. He says, you're to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, everything you have, you're going to love God. It's simple. Take into the the life worship. Adore God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Lift them up in prayer. Sing about them. Read your Bible and and glorify them in prayer. It also means to grow. Grow to understand and to learn about God more. And if you're just coming to church once a week on Sunday and maybe even not even once a week and that's your only insight into God's word, it's not enough. Do you only eat once a week? No, we eat every day, three times a day. So take it in. Soak in God's word and learn about who God is. Get to know him. It's to worship and to grow. That's to love God. And then Jesus says just a very few verses down in Matthew 22, he said, the second commandment, the first is to love God. The second is just like it. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves." That's the biblical purpose of reaching out. We're to care about other people. To not always only care about ourselves, what we're doing, where we're going, what we're having for dinner, who's going to meet, meet No, but to care about other people. To actually turn our eyes outward and see other people to notice them and to invite them to church. That's why we encourage you implore you and challenge you and motivate you. Invite people to Easter. Reach out because Jesus says, love our neighbor. That's also the biblical purpose of serving. <clears throat> we go serve our community, our families, our friends, our, our neighborhood, helping them. And as, along with that, to help the hurting. That if any people alive... Believers in Christ ought to notice when someone's hurting. It ought to be the Christians that move in the society to help the hurting. That's to love God, to love neighbors. Now, Jesus went on with that, and that was great until this week. And that's why you've got to come on Monday, Thursday. Thursday, mon, Monday, meaning, it's, it's, it's Latin for mandatum, which is the new commandment Jesus gave. He said, a new commandment I give to you. He gave them two, now he gives them another one. Three commandments, three things to do. Love God, love your neighbors. And then he says in John 13 34, a new commandment I give to you that you should love one another. That you should love each other. <clears throat> that in this uh, family of believers, there should be a great sense of love between each other. Even how quirky the person is next to you, God tells you to love them. Turn to the person and say, I love you. <clears throat> Now it needs to go beyond that because words are just words unless there's action underneath them. It's that biblical sense of belonging to love one another, to encourage one another, to spur one another on to love and good deeds. That's the things that we should be doing. That's unconventional. <clears throat> Nothing of that seems like it's going to make me thrive. Where's my you know, new suit or new outfit or where's my you know pleasurable vacation and all kinds of... No, no, no. Jesus says if you want to thrive then love God, love neighbors, and love each other. It's a choice to say God's way is right. And I'm going to put my hope in this path. That's when we thrive. One more unconventional path to thrive <clears throat> is to thrive through trust in God's truth. Our problem and issues are much like the crowd that day. <clears throat> Listen to what they said. Matthew Chapter 21, verses 10 and 11. And when they entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, Oh, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. They were only seeing part of the truth of Jesus. Yet, yes, a prophet who tells us the words of God, explains God, reveals God. Jesus did just that. But some only see him as that. Just a good teacher, a kind friend, an amazing helper. But that's not the only truth of Jesus. Jesus is also the suffering servant. And I want you to get this. So take your Bible, open up to the Old Testament, to Isaiah. Song of Solomon, Isaiah, chapter 53... Verses 3 to 5. Isaiah is writing about the Messiah and says this is what Messiah is going to do. Isaiah 53, verses 3 to 5. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and is one from whom men hide their face We are healed. We need to get this. He did that. Jesus did that for you and for me. And I know we live in an entitled world where people feel that they are so special, others should sacrifice for them. So this truth never quite sinks in. But we have to let it. To let it break us. That Jesus went through the scourgings. That cat of nine tails is whipped around his body to expose flesh and to inflict the most intense pain you could imagine. <clears throat> Jesus went through that. He went through the beatings, the ripping out of his beard, the crown of thorns dug into his heads, real nails pounded right through his wrists and right through his feet. And then hung to painfully suffocate to death on a cross. That's the truth. <clears throat> that's the true breath of love. Greater love has no one than this, John 15, 13 says, that someone laid down his life for a friend. Trust in that truth and show your love through obedience and Adherence to Jesus' will and way. For the truth is, He is sovereign Lord and a good, godly King who wants us to thrive. The question is, will you trust Him? Let me give you just three ways to demonstrate your trust in Him. Found in an interesting passage, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. We usually use this passage to encourage us when we're in trouble but yet it shows us how to trust in the truth of Jesus. It says, come to me, Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Jesus says, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are to trust in Jesus, to come to him, to trust him over ourself or anyone else, it's to develop that relationship with him, to get to know him on a personal level, to take apart the, the religious sense of, of duty and get to the core of what Jesus is all about. He wants to know He wants you to know him. He already knows you. And he wants you to invest some time and, and some personal time where you get right with God in that personal quietness of a moment and, and talk to God. And develop that relationship where you have that sense that you really do know him because you've come to him. Now you <clears throat> trust in the truth of Jesus is to come. Next, to take on Jesus' way of life. That's the idea of a yoke. A yoke was a, was a harness that, that went over two or one beast of burden. And that, that, that yoke, that, that harness, was in a sense taking on a way of life. It's to take on Jesus' way of life. To live life His way. Doing what He did. In other words, for us now is to do our job well. Whatever our job is in the world. To do it with excellence and as best as we can. And to love people and to serve God in any way with the abilities we've been given. Last week was a great message to challenge us in that way. To come to Jesus. To take His yoke upon us and then to learn Jesus, to know his word. It's to, it's to take the initiative. Actually, on, take the initiative means that you take the first step. In other words, when it talks about reading the Bible, you don't just wait for someone to teach it to you. You actually open it up and as best you can. You try to learn from it. God's already given you the Holy Spirit to help you if you've come to faith in him. But read, study, get in the life group. The question is, will you trust in the truth of Jesus? Jesus' way is not conventional. But like that little girl dancing to her own music, God's unconventional path is full of joy. Sure, hard times hit. But there is rest for our souls, and we will thrive as we walk His path. We thrive through godly humility. We thrive through hope in the Lord. We thrive through trust in God's truth. Let's do that. Let's follow God's unconventional path together and thrive. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know for sure that you have that faith in Jesus, boy, pick up one of these packets. Maybe even want to look down this card and say, I need to talk to somebody about my own path where I'm with God. Check that box there. Write your contact information and we'll get together with you in the next couple of weeks or so. And I'll tell you more about what to do with that later. But let's pray. Would you bow your head with me? Father, as we come before you and remembering that uh, amazing day where you burst into Jerusalem with crowds waving palms and People shouting out and proclaiming your your messiahship, Lord. What an exciting day that was! And Lord, we want to be standing with that same excitement, that unconventional reality of who you are. Lord, help us to to trust in you, to put our trust in the in the, the truth of you, and to, Lord, to. To give you our all to be that humble servant like you as we seek to thrive in you we pray in your son's name